So this might be the most important shear in Hilchas Muxa, in the laws of Muxa. Why is that? Because as a rabbi or as a, you know, Baalbas or someone who's looking at something on Shabbos and saying, okay, this seems like Muxa, the way you treat it or different solutions you might have, how to deal with it, will depend on which category of Muxa it is. Okay, so we're going to go through six categories of muksa. Now, if you look at many different svarim, you'll see people categorizing, not people, but rabbanim, poiskim gedolia, poiskim, categorizing it differently. We're going to go with the way the Beis Yosef, who is Rav Yosef Cairo, he wrote the Beis Yosef, and he wrote his notes on the Beis Yosef, which we know as the Shulchan Aruch. So, way definitely a, an authoritative figure. We'll go with his six categories. So, category number one, and this will be the first, first category we will deal with, is something called muksa machmas, Chisarin kiss, which literally means it's set aside because chisarin kiss, there's a loss of money by using it. We will see next time that Rashi explains that it means something I would not use for any other purpose. The classic example the Shulchan Aruch brings is a shechita knife. So personally, I own a shechita knife, not that I know how to shecht yet, but I wouldn't want people using my knife for an onion. Now, if you're a shechit, you spend so much time on that knife it's like, it's so much time and effort in that knife, sharpening it and keeping it sharp and smooth at the same time, which are two conflicting things. And you, you have a good knife. You don't want people touching it for anything else, even though the knife might be only $100. So chesar and kiss has to do with value. It's not only based on the monetary value, it's the significance a person gives to it. So what's the line of reasoning? That if something is so valuable to me that I wouldn't use it on Shabbos, because the typical use, I can't check on Shabbos, so going back to, last, to yesterday's year, muktza means set aside. So this thing is intrinsically set aside. I'm not going to use it on Shabbos. So that is called muktza. Why is it set aside? Because of the intrinsic value, the loss of money or the loss of time that I put into this. Therefore, it's called muktza machmas chisarankis. The next category is called a keli shemalach iser. That its normal use is leiser is prohibited on Shabbos. Why, was, why is this muksa? Very simple. That we know you cannot use a hammer on Shabbos, they cannot build. So therefore, in my realm of my Shabbos, when I'm packing my bags, so to say, for Shabbos, and getting ready for Shabbos, a hammer is not something in my repertoire, in my, that I need for Shabbos, and therefore, it is set aside. It's a keli shemalach le iser. Now, we're going to see that this is the most lenient of the muksa categories. Why is that? Because... Usually, a hammer or something that's malach de iser has other uses. It's not totally designated like your shechita knife for just one use. So perhaps I could use it on Shabbos, we'll see. But that is the second category of kli shemalach de So number one was chesar and kiss. Number two is a keli shemalach It's malacha. It's normal use is le iser. Category number three is something called muqza machmas gufai. Because of itself, take a look at it, it's muqza set aside. The classic example is a rock. A rock has no typical use. You could figure out how to set it aside before Shabbos. We'll spend time on that, how to designate this brick to keep your door open or to prop open a window. But machmas gufa, if you look at it itself, useless, and therefore it's muksa because you're not going to end up using it on Shabbos. Those are really the three primary categories. There are three secondary, secondary categories, which we'll call number four as a buses. Buses means it's the base for muksa. Example, common example would be you have your candlesticks, your lechter on your table. It's sitting on the table. 
the table, if the lactor is muksa, then the table becomes a basis, it becomes a base, very easy to remember, basis, base, for the muksa, and therefore this itself is muksa. We'll have common questions. Someone left their iPhone on their pillow. You left your laptop on a couch. Can I move it? If it's muksa, then the couch itself becomes a basis, it becomes a base for the muksa. Number five is what is called muksa machmas iser. Or there are other terms for this, but we'll, we'll categorize it as machmas iser, that there was an iser for me to have gotten this item when Shabbos came in. For example, you have a fish, and in order to catch that fish, you would have to do trapping, seda on Shabbos. So the fish is muktza, even if someone would trap it on Shabbos, I cannot ask it because this was muktza machmas iser. There was an iser for me to have gotten this fish on Shabbos, or an apple that's attached to a tree. You cannot pull down that apple because that's called muktza machmas iser. Additionally, if you have an oil flame, and you cannot move that on Shabbos because then, the, the the candle will flicker, the, the the flame will flicker, and it might go on and off, and therefore you're not allowed to touch that on Shabbos. So the flame is muksa, machmas iser. The sixth ca- category, which is really more of a hilchas sukkah discussion, is something called muksa machmas mitzvah. It is set aside for a mitzvah. That means, uh, based on the kedusha of the mitzvah and the fact that I wouldn't use it on Shabbos, those two ingredients together make it under the category of muksa machmas mitzvah, the common example would be your sukkah decorations, since they were put on the wall as a decoration, as an ornament for my sukkah. So from a hilchas mitzvah standpoint, I cannot use it for non-mitzvah uses. So on Shabbos, automatically it becomes muksa because what else are you going to use it for? And it automatically becomes muksa. That's called muksa machmas mitzvah. We will discuss shayfer, lulav, some things that might come up on Shabbos, but for the most part, it is really a mesechta sukkah, you know, hilchas sukkah type of topic. Okay, so we have our six categories. Let's repeat. Number one, chisar and kiss, the loss of money or the, the value, and therefore I wouldn't use it. Klisha malach to le'isr. The normal use is for a malacha. Muktzamach maskufa. There is no typical use for this. It's a rock, a bus. It's a base for something. Muktzamach maskufa. I can't use it even if I wanted to because it's attached to a tree. It's not, I don't have access to it. And the sixth one is Muktzamach mitzvah. I have another reason why I can't use it because it's designated for a mitzvah. It's a bazillion to use it. Those are my six categories of muksa. Okay, so now that we know the six categories, before we get into one by one, so another part of the important, of the importance of this year is that we have to remember there are typically three heterim, which apply to every single case of muksa. All six categories, there are three heterim. Heter number one is touching without moving. If I don't move something, I'm just touching it, that is not called tiltal muksa. So, I don't know, let's say we have a raw piece of meat, we'll have a share on this, if this is muks or not. Putting my finger on it, just not moving it, just touching it, that is not called tiltal, that is not called moving, and that's mutter. That is heter number one. Heter number two is what we call tiltal begufai, moving it with your body. Meaning I'm not using my hands, I'm using a different part of my body to move it. Although, I will agree, there is a chazanish that is machmed that holds, it brings rayas from the Gemara, it brings proof from the Gemara, that is not mutter, you know, across the board. However, we pass them like the Mishnah Brewer here, it's a question of a Durabanan, the Mishnah Brewer is an accepted uh, Paisik, and therefore, the we will pass in tiltul begufa, moving something with your body, is always mutter. So, we're just having a conversation with someone about garbage cans and yantif, Whatever way we classify garbage cans or whatever it is, you're always allowed to kick it. 
let's say a person finds a hundred dollar bill on the floor, you could kick it under the couch and you'll get it after Shabbos. Additionally, you could move it with your teeth. That's not called tiltul biyadayim. You're not using your hands. That is called tiltul begufay, and that'll be much. Anytime you're using your body, your elbow, this is a very good hat because often you can have things that are muksa, and we'll show that it is the worst category of muksa. We're very machmanit, but as long as it's portable, there's a gabzachanetza. You could do something. You could carry with your teeth, move with your teeth, and that would avoid the muksa problem. And the third hetter, which is a little more detailed and a little more complicated, is called tiltul min hatzad, and it's only mutter litzarech davar hamutter. What does tiltul min hatzad mean? So tiltul begufay meant I use something, not my hands. I use my feet to kick it. I use my teeth. Tiltul min hatzad means I'm using my hands, but I'm not dealing directly with the muksa. I'm moving it minatsad, which we would call al yedei by using something else. So let's say I have a cell phone on the couch. Let's assume a cell phone is muksa, and I want to sit on the couch. I could use a mishpacha magazine, which is tiltul minatsad, and I'm allowed to move the phone by, you know, as, as if my mishpacha magazine is my hockey stick. I'm controlling the phone with my magazine that is called tiltul min hatsad and i'm only allowed to do this only allowed to do this on shabbos if i'm doing it for a mutter need what's a mutter need to sit on the couch what if the phone is getting wet or there are kids in the house and they're they, i know they're going to touch the phone and i want to move it to protect the phone that is not called and you cannot use the magazine moving it which is called tiltul min hatsad, that, that, that is not a heter in this case. However, tiltul begufay, to use your teeth, is always mutter. No matter what your reason why you're doing this is, tiltul begufay is mutter. So, a person would always do tiltul begufay. It's always the better of the two options. The, question, the problem is sometimes you just don't have an option, meaning it's so big, it's so heavy, I cannot use my teeth, or it's very high up, I, I just can't reach it with my foot, so I can reach it with a hockey stick, so that's when you start getting into tiltum and atzad. I'm using something else to move it, but then you have to remember it's only mutter, litzarach davar mutter, if you have a heter need while you're moving this. So to move a uh, frozen piece of fish in your freezer with you know a big freeze pop in order to get your ice cream in the back of the freezer, that is mutter, because that is called litzarach davar mutter to get my dessert. So let's just summarize. Six categories of muksa we spoke about, and now we have three atarim. Touching without moving, using your body, and that is always mutter as long as you're not using your hands. And the third hetar is when I'm using my hands, but I'm, used, I'm, I'm controlling the muksa. Al yedei davarachar, or as the Gemara calls it, min hatzad, so then it's mutter. Only when I am moving it, litzayrich davar hamutter, for a hetar need, for its space, I want to use it, it's bought, like, there has to be some here, and then you are indeed allowed to move it.